welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's March 28th, 2019, and this is episode 16. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the Crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New one theaters this week, we've got three films. Uh, first up is a subversive comedy called The Beach Bum. It's from Neon Pictures. It's written and directed by Harmony Corinne. And The Beach Bum follows the outrageous misadventures of Moondog, who's a character played by Matthew McConaughey, who's back in one of his uh, stoner-type roles, who's a rebellious burnout, who only knows how to live life by his own rules. Uh, the film has a has a all star cast, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, starring Snoop Dogg, uh, Zac Efron, Jimmy Buffett, Martin Lawrence, and uh, Isla Fisher. It really looks like it's uh, just a vehicle for Matthew McConaughey, and uh, based on its rating, it's probably it's probably not my thing. Uh, it's rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for pervasive drug and alcohol use. Language throughout, nudity, and some strong sexual content. So that's the beach bum. All right, next up is Hotel Mumbai, which is a terrorist drama from Bleecker Street Pictures. It stars Dev Patel and Army Hammer. And this is a, a, a reenactment of that horrible siege that happened in 2008 uh, of Mumbai's Taj Hotel, um, you know, when, when uh, terrorists took over that hotel. From what I've read, and also just you know have seen seen the trailers, it looks like it's a pretty true to life recreation of of it, and uh, I don't know if these characters in here that you know played by Dev Patel and Army Hammer and others are based on real people, but it looks like it's a pretty gritty recreation of that um, sad event. So, uh, Hotel Mumbai is rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America for disturbing violence throughout bloody images and language. And again, it's probably a pass for me too. Uh, All right, and then finally opening this week is the family film Dumbo from Walt Disney Studios. This is a remake of the 1941 animated film. It's directed by Tim Burton. And you know, Tim Burton has quite an interesting history with the Disney Studios. Uh, he grew up in Burbank, California, in the really just in the shadow of of the Disney Studio lot, and he was an animator early on in his career. And he worked for and he worked for Disney, and he worked on some films in the eighties, including The Black Cauldron, and he also, while he was there, did a hand drawn animated short called Frankenweenie, and that you know kind of planted the seed and led to. Another project he did for Disney later on, which was a stop-motion animation version, an expanded version of the story of Frank and Weenie, if, you, if you've ever seen that one. One of my favorite films that Burton had directed for Disney was for Disney's Touchstone Pictures. So for their, you know, that more adult label that they uh, used to have. They still might have it, but I don't know when the last time I've seen a, a you know, a Touchstone 
release, but uh, it was called Ed Wood, based on the life of the uh, kind of horrible movie director uh, Ed Wood. Ed Wood is the guy responsible for bringing the world Plan Nine from Outer Space, Glenn or Glenda. He's from the 1950s, and he was quite a character. And, and was surrounded by quite a bunch of characters, too. but So it was really a perfect movie for Tim Burton. It starred Johnny Depp back when, you know, Johnny Depp wasn't so controversial, I guess. And, uh, uh, wow, I really I love Ed Wood. Such, such a great movie. Burton also is responsible for one of these first live-action remakes that Disney's been doing. Uh, of their animated catalog, uh, he directed Alice in Wonderland back in 2010. If you remember seeing that, that also you know starred Johnny Depp and uh, and others, and was a combination of a live action and a, and a computer generated uh, combo. It also had a sequel, which I believe Burton called Alice Through the Looking Glass, which Burton produced. He didn't direct, but anyway. Tim's done a lot of interesting stuff for Disney, so that he's doing this Dumbo movie, <clears throat> excuse me, is kind of a trip. The trailers will look good for Dumbo, don't get me wrong. You know how I feel about these these live-action remakes. There's so much creativity and res- tremendous resources at Disney. I think it's a shame that they're not doing some other things other than just remaking all their animated movies. But that being said... Um, I'm just going to, I'll read you some of these press materials. Dumbo expands on the beloved classic story where differences are celebrated, family is cherished, and dreams take flight. Uh, this, the story is focused on circus owner Max Medici, who's played by Danny DeVito, and he enlists former circus star Holt Ferrier, who's uh, played by Colin Farrell. Holt has two children, Millie and Joe which are played by Nico Parker and Finley Hobbins. Um, he enlists them to care for a newborn elephant whose oversized ears make him a laughingstock in an already struggling circus. But when they discover that Dumbo can actually fly, the circus makes an incredible comeback, attracting persuasive entrepreneur V.A. Vandeveer, who's played by Michael Keaton, who recruits the peculiar pachyderm for his newest larger-than-life entertainment venue, Dreamland. Dumbo soars to new heights alongside a charming and spectacular aerial artist, Colette, played by Eva Green, um, until Holt, again, that's the Colin Farrell character, learns that beneath its shiny veneer, Dreamland is full of dark secrets. So that's where, you know, the movie goes Tim Burton. (laughs) Not not the sweet animated film. film uh from 1941 that i adore uh, anyway i'm seeing dumbo this weekend let's hope it's decent feel free to follow me on twitter where i'll probably post a short review and then chances are excellent i'll be talking about it in next week's podcast or i might even put a blog entry up we'll see so dumbo this dumbo remake is rated pg by the motion picture association of america for peril slash action some thematic elements, and brief, mild language. All right, so the three big uh, new releases this week, The Beach Bum, Hotel Mumbai, and Dumbo.
Alright, for reviews in Classic Cinema Corner, I'm going to talk about, first off, the latest in my uh, TCM Essentials viewing project. As you know, I'm watching 52 must-see movies from that are, are listed in a book called TCM The Essentials. And uh, this week's film also uh, happened to be the film that was shown on the Turner Classic Movies Big Screen Classic Series. You know, TCM puts one movie a month on the big screen, and uh, they do that in association through with Fathom events, and so that's really great to be able to see these classic movies on, on the big screen. So it was this month's movie, this one's big screen classic movie, as well as my own movie for the my TCM Essentials viewing project was uh, The Great Drama to Kill a Mockingbird. This film was from 1962, stars Gregory Peck, and this film is, Ben Mankiewicz was mentioning this in his intro that he gave to, to the film, that it's, it's, it's a rarity in that the, uh, it's a film adaptation that's as cherished as the novel is, and that, as we, as we know, that doesn't always happen. Uh, the movie is, is, is so good, directed by uh, Robert Mulligan. Uh, writer Horton Foote adapted the screenplay from Harper, Harper Lee's uh, Pulitzer Prize winning novel and uh, everything's perfect about it the cast the uh, is they're, they're, the cast is so good Gregory Peck earned an Academy Award for his performance and it's, it's so well deserved I think his portrayal of Atticus Finch is so remarkable in its in its simplicity and its quietness, yet it's just absolute depth. Um, you know, uh, it just brought a tear to my eye. To and it always does because I love this movie. Uh, when when Atticus is giving his final uh, presenting his you know final words to the jury. Um, and he's, you know, talking about racial bigotry and and uh, all these other things that that are affecting this decision. Uh, it's just it's just marvelous, you know, and and just the concept that uh, all men are created equal, and that's the true principle. And um, anyway, it just speaks it speaks so much truth, and it's hit, hit, you know again Gregory Peck's performance is so is so. Uh, perfect so uh i hope you'll take the time to revisit to to kill a mockingbird again sorry if you didn't get to see it on the big screen but um you know it's widely available there's there's a blu-ray version of it and you know you can 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 rent it on multiple digital platforms too as well as purchase it as well so uh what a what a what a um, masterwork of a film all right, I've also been having some fun with with uh, getting ready for the Criterion Channel. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the Criterion Channel is is uh, going to be an online streaming service, uh, similar in concept to Netflix, and it's basically a coming back. You know, it, it was part of uh, a, a streaming service called Filmstruck which was in conjunction with Turner Classic Movies. 
and that got shut down by by their uh, new corporate overlords. So they're now coming back on their own, and uh, it launches on April eighth. But what they've been doing is, if you sign up now, and uh, it's a Criterion excuse me CriterionChannel.com, and I'll have links to this in my in, in the podcast notes on the blog. But uh, if you sign up now, it makes you eligible to watch what they've been calling the movie of the week. And they've just been putting this on their website. You have to uh, log in, you know, once you've once you've signed up. But you can watch this on a browser, either on your computer or on your mobile device. But they don't, they're not supporting, you know, any apps. And they're not supporting Chromecast and uh, Roku and all this other stuff which they will be supporting once the service launches on April 8th. So basically, this movie of the week is just a special treat exclusively for their charter subscribers. Um, and uh, it's just been these movies, they just have had one movie. It's been available from Wednesday to Wednesday. And just you know, so for one week only. And uh, then on April 8th, the, first service, the full service will become available on apps for Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, iOS, and Android phones and tablets, in addition to desktop and mobile web browsers. So you know, pretty much, pretty much everywhere you're gonna uh, want this. But these movie of, movies of the week have been really eclectic. So last week's movie of the week was a film noir called Detour, and the Criterion Channel just also, excuse me, the Criterion Collection just put out a, a Blu-ray. Of, of this film too, which is available to purchase on their website. But uh, Detour is is a is a film noir from 1945, directed by Edgar G. Ulmer, and uh, it's it's a film that I think when, when in some ways was like a holy grail for some because uh, it had been. It had either been missing or there were parts missing and uh, or just really low quality. But uh, through the through a combination of the museum, if I'm not mistaken, for the way I, you know, when I was watching some of these uh, little documentaries after the film from the Museum of Modern Art in New York and then through uh, like a film museum or something in Belgium. They had a couple of prints that they were able to use to put together this really nice restoration, which again is currently available uh, uh, as part of the Criterion Collection. Uh, but it, the film is 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 classic film noir, but almost like I mean, and what 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 Criterion is saying is that uh, it epitomizes the dark fatalism that's at the heart of film noir. It's about this guy who's hitchhiking his way from New York to Los Angeles, and he's a, he's a down on his luck pianist, and he uh, he's getting a ride from this one guy who's got a lot of money, and it's a pure accident, but the guy dies, and so he assumes his persona to at least have some money, and then just kind of figure out what he wants to do because he's, he's you know in a bit of a panic about it. Uh, things go from bad to worse when he picks up this uh, woman named Vera, who is really just a vicious, horrible woman. Uh, the Criterion Channel says that they're 
you know, that Vera is probably the most vicious femme fatale in cinema history. Um, she's played by an actress named Anne Savage, and her, uh, you know, they're saying her snarling, monstrously conniving uh, ways, uh, again, really t turn, uh, turn this movie. <laughs> she really is. Uh, she's awful. But so good, you know, because she's because she's so bad. What really makes Edgar Ulmer's films interesting, I learned, was that you know he he was working on these with these bargain basement budgets. He was often asked. He was a director from Europe, and uh, you know came over to the United States uh, when all the turmoil was going on. You know before World War Two, and uh, and he got he got assigned to. Basically making, you know, B-movies. So, not necessarily bad movies, but lower-budget films that would be part of a double feature. The, you know, like the second part of a double feature. And uh, he would he was able to turn... I like what they say here in, the, on the, you know, in Criterion's explanation. Threadbare production values and seedy lowering atmospheres into indelible pulp poetry. And it's really true. I, I I was so amazed with the lighting, and and uh, some of the camera work that was in this film, and I think that's what again makes it a bit a, a bit of a hallmark. And I didn't think it was necessarily you know the greatest film I'd ever ever seen, and not necessarily even like the greatest film noir, but it really had was distinctive in its style, and again pretty remarkable. I think what they were able to do with with a very low budget. And they made it in like six days, supposedly. Uh, the actors that are alive, they talked to Ann Savage, who's still alive. She claimed it was a six-day shoot. On the production sheets that, that survive uh, from, from it all, it said that it was a 14-day shoot. So they're not sure exactly, you know. And since the director's long gone, you know, they're not... It, who knows? But still... Made in a short period of time for not a lot of money, and it's really, really uh, cool. So long available in a format, excuse me, long unavailable in a format in which its hard-boiled beauty could be fully appreciated. Detour haunts anew in its first major restoration, and and I would agree with that. Detour made its debut at the 2018 Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival in Hollywood. Yeah, this restoration, excuse me, made its debut. And now it's on the Criterion Collection. And uh, if, if uh, film noir is your thing and, and film history is your thing, it definitely could be worth checking out. Hopefully they're going to make it part of, of this Criterion channel, one of their offerings. But also you're, you, if, you know, if, you, if, if you'd like to purchase it, it's available um, uh, on, the, uh, on the Criterion Collection website. One thing to note, too, is that the George Lucas Foundation... Was the was the group that ponied up the money to final or to finish up the the restoration? So uh, that was nice of them. So that's detour. Uh, the current movie of the week, and so until next Wednesday, is this wacko movie called "The Fabulous Baron Munchausen" from 1962. It's directed by Carol Zeman, who is from. The Czech Republic, or then it was Czechoslovakia, and it's this—it's really one of the most interesting visual films I've ever seen. I, 
I can't say that I just loved the film, but holy smokes, it was interesting to look at. It is, uh, it was really like looking at a kaleidoscope in a lot of ways. In that there were he used these really interesting tinting techniques uh, to change to, to change the color, and it's it's you know it's a fantasy. It starts on the moon of all places. And then, and then uh, they come to Earth, and and uh, they uh, they go to Turkey. They go inside the belly of a whale, kind of a la Pinocchio style. Uh, it's really what what uh, what they call what the Criterion Channel is calling it a cinematic whirly gig of of stop motion whimsy, cut out collage, puppetry, painted backdrops. And again, these antique tinting techniques. It the sequences that use some animation uh, are so reminiscent of what uh, Terry Gilliam did with these Monty with the, their Monty Python little animated things that they that they would put in their in their work. Uh, in fact, a couple of times, I mean, it almost looked like I was you know you're watching a Monty Python. Um, a Monty Python piece, but uh, it uh, it's really it, you know the, the the plot's pretty thin. It's just about this legendary Baron uh, uh, Munchausen and his his fantastical exploits just take him just take him all over, and uh, he's in pursuit of a woman. And then there's you know there's this man from the moon that they bring that they bring along. Um, Criterion is saying that his this work has influenced generations of animators and fantasists, including Terry Gilliam, you know, from Monty Python. Tim Burton, speaking of, um, Wes Anderson, and others. The uh, version that they're showing on, uh, on this movie of the week is a new restoration that's never been streamed before. I couldn't find that it was available on, on DVD or on Blu-ray. But, uh, what it says is that Criterion has also gotten their hands on some uh, illuminating supplemental features that give you the backstory of this beloved rarity. And I watched some of those too, and they were, you know, they were interesting to learn to learn about it. Most of them were in Czech, and so with, with subtitles. And the film is in Czech with with with, with subtitles. Uh, so really, really wowed by by the technical wizardry and the imagination. Again, I can't say that I just love the film. But I was really happy to learn about it and have the visual experience of watching it. Well, thanks so much for listening. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be past or present ones. Thanks again.